We were off last week, but the boys are back on the island this week to talk conference finals. We'll talk Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, a little off-season talk, and NBA Draft Lottery as the San Antonio Spurs have landed the Wemby Stakes and will have the number one overall pick in the NBA Draft. But the Denver Nuggets have swept the LA Lakers and are headed to their first NBA Finals in franchise history. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Lakers season. And then, of course, we will get to the Celtics in heat, which are still going on. The Heat are up three games to one. Does Boston have a little bit of glimmer of hope? Or will Miami shut the door on him in Game 5? We will talk about all of that and much more. So keep it locked. A lot of conference final talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. We are back, ladies and gents. After a week off, we didn't get a chance to do a full conference finals preview. But luckily... We still have a little bit to talk about, or maybe I shouldn't say a little bit. We have a lot to talk about knowing B's Boston Celtics are still alive. Miami up 3-1 in that series. We'll, of course, get to that and a whole lot more. And 50% of the NBA Finals is complete as we were gone for a week. And, well, so is the Western Conference Finals. That has gone in four games as Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are headed to the NBA Finals next Thursday night for the first time in franchise history. We also have a new home for Wemby. Obviously, the first overall pick has not actually been actually made yet, but I think everybody in the world knows where that's going and who that's going to. We'll talk about that as well. Another episode of Baller Island. We're back, and we are not previewing the NBA Finals a week early because the Celtics extended the series. B, I think you were ready... And prepared to give your really just basically this, this whole episode would have been dedicated to you just just going off on on the Celtics if last night had gone otherwise. But instead, your boy stepped up, came out big time in the second half, and have extended this series back at the Garden tomorrow night. Yeah, man, it finally showed a little bit of heart. But I'm telling you, after Game Three, I had. I have notes just sitting on my desk, like pages of notes ready for me to like just go off. And thank God I haven't had to touch them. It's like, I'm, I can't wait. I hope I can, I'm going to be able to throw those out soon. Um, but this is just after a week where like, you know, game six and game seven, it looked like Tatum was having such a bad game in game six. And then they turned it around and Tatum went off. And then I was feeling so great. And then a week later, I'm feeling you know, it's just like my, my emotions are all over the place, man. This is what I say. I said this last year, too, and it's like the diehards deserve a ring because this team, this team makes you go through some stuff. I'm sweating every buckets every game here. I I don't even want to know what what your household was like on Sunday night. I don't even want I don't even want to know what that was like. But let's let's start here. Heat Celtics. And before we kind of even delve into this, because we didn't get to make our actual predictions who did you, obviously you pick Boston and how many games was your original prediction? Six. You had Boston in six. I actually had Miami in seven was my original prediction at, at the beginning of this. And so far we got Miami up three, one going into game five. So go game one happens. Miami looks really good. Game two comes in. We think, okay, Boston's going to come back. I thought surely Boston's going to come back game two. There's no way they're going to go down. Oh, two. And yet, 
very similar script to game one happened, and you're like, damn, Miami really just took home court. Game three comes about, and you're thinking, okay, Boston's finally going to show up. You know what I'm saying? They're down 0-2. They're going to make this a series here. And instead, the complete, utter opposite happens. And they get run out the gym, really, from the tip. And now you're like, whoa, what the hell happened to the Boston Celtics? And then you get last night where finally some heart, some heart, you know, this team finally played with a little bit of it. Tatum finally got back to himself. Brown finally got back to himself. Al Horford made some threes. Smart was knocking down some threes. It was a much better game collectively from the Celtics. I obviously want to get your take on Missoula because he's been getting a whole ton of heat um, in this series. No pun intended there. Um, but when you look, here's here's my thing for Miami. I am a little bit scared that they might have screwed up here because you don't want to. And I don't know Marcus or I think it was Jalen Brown actually that said it. it's like, don't let us get one. But last night looked a little scary, man. That Celtics team that came out that, and Reggie Miller said it a few times too, was like, this is Boston Celtics basketball. Now you got to go back to the garden. And I know Boston has struggled at home in the playoffs, but now they got a little bit of momentum. Boston comes out tomorrow night. If they win this game, we all of a sudden, we got a series all of a sudden. Miami, if they want to just just get rid of this man, finish this tomorrow night, and it's over. You got a week to rest, NBA Finals next week. The more they let this drag on, the more Boston's going to start to believe. And I don't know how long this series is going to end up going to, man, but I am a little, a little slightly worried right now that the door is left a little open, and Miami might have gave that glimmer of hope to Boston, but we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I'm all over the place with this, man. Like, uh, we'll we'll start here with with the potential because obviously everybody knows that nobody's ever come back from 3-0. But I don't think it's ever been in a scenario where the team is has that's down 3-0 is, has way more talent. One. Two, they got two out of the next three games at home, right? Like you said, their home hasn't been that great. Still, you're playing at home. I, I'm expecting the Garden to be rocking in Game Five. Uh, the fact that you come home, they've lost. I think their last five playoff home games. So you're thinking, yeah, you know, they they gotta win one of these at least. Um, and then the the thing that is, gives me the most hope right now is Missoula's kind of catching on, learning a little bit. But all of those role players from Miami. Caleb Martins had outplayed Jalen Brown this entire series. Gabe Gabe Vincent has been ridiculous. Duncan Robinson, all of these dudes kind of played like role players yesterday. And if they play like role players and not superstars, that's when Boston has a chance. And now as this series goes on, none of those guys have been in any big game. So now you're going to have to rely on some of those guys to keep playing like they were in the first couple games of this that's when if you're Miami and it goes to game six or game seven, it's like, oh, my God, we got to rely on all these undrafted dudes to make big-time shots now. We don't have Tyler Hero. Jimmy can only do so much. Jimmy, we we already pencil him in for 30. Like, that's going to happen regardless. But you're still going to need your other guys to hit shots. So I think they win game five five tomorrow, and then all the pressure flips to these guys that aren't, aren't used to having the pressure. 
Oh, 100%, right? Because Miami has been playing the entirety of this postseason without any pressure whatsoever. They have had this underdog mentality since the beginning, and they have fed off of it, and it's gotten them this far. And like you said, their regular role players have been balling. Gabe Vincent has had a terrific series, like you mentioned. Duncan Robinson's been great all playoff long off the bench in uh, Tyler Hero's absence. They're getting Max Struess has been fantastic Martin, at times. Caleb, Caleb Martin. Martin's been awesome off the bench. And then K-Lau's giving you some stuff. The dude's looking like 2019 K-Lau, you know, in, in some of these moments. Miami, like I said a few weeks ago when we were talking about it, they're playing really, really, really good basketball as a team, which is obviously what had led them to this point. But again, when you let something slide, especially against the Boston team like this, man, do not give them hope. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I really do think that they got to they gotta get this done. Otherwise, you're going to start feeling it a little bit. And Miami hasn't had to go about this playoffs with with that feeling. They haven't they haven't needed to do that as of yet. You lose game 5 tomorrow night at the Garden. Now Boston is like, "Holy shit, we could actually do this." You don't want to do that, man. You got to you got to shut the door and be like, "Okay, we let you get game 4, but we're coming home. We're we're coming to Boston. We're going to win on the road and we're headed to the NBA Finals and close it out the right way." But they're going to need some big time performances from some of these other guys like they've had throughout the postseason. Yesterday it kind of caught up to them last night. I, I will say that. Like, some of these dudes, they've been on fire. But at some point, we knew it was going to kind of, you know, at some point, they were going to have a cold night. I think somebody said it on the air last night where Miami has not won five in a row all year long. And yeah. if they had won last night, it would have been, I believe, five or six in a row or would have exceeded five in a row. And they lost. So... We'll we'll see what happens here, but I think tomorrow tomorrow night's going to be huge in the sense that Boston wins tomorrow night and they find a way to extend this series once more. We could very well be looking at a potential Monday night game seven after all. But if this series goes the way that it's been the first three games, Miami's going to be heading to the NBA Finals after tomorrow night. So I, I think tomorrow's definitely a really, really big... Oh, I mean, obviously it is because it's, you know, at, at this point it's... it's a, Every game is an elimination game from here on out anyways, but you get my point. Yeah, no, I think, um, the you know, it's – Miami was the worst offensive team in the league this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the worst. There, there's a reason they're an eight seed. They had lost to Atlanta in the first playing game. They were down to Chicago in the fourth quarter of that playing game. Um, and then you lose your second-best offensive player. So the fact that these guys are just – not missing right now partly it's boston's defense which has not been good but it's like you like you're you're, we're waiting for that to kind of come back down to earth right and in a 3-0 lead a recipe for coming back from that is first of all boston shoots like 53s a game there's gonna be a lot of you know, there's going to be games where Boston shoot makes 23s. You're not beating them when they make 23s. Then there's going to be games when they're ice cold. So all you need with the amount of shoes three uh, threes Boston takes, you get hot for two games. All of a sudden, wow, you have a Jason Tatum turn takeover kind of game. And then on the other side, it's like these guys that were so hot. It's almost like 
you know, the law of averages should even out here because Miami's, again, was the worst offensive team. Boston was at the top, probably top two or top three offensive teams. And it was kind of looking like it was flipped. So that should sort of even out, and we should start to see this thing turn a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about some of the little more insider stuff because uh, Missoula, like you guys know where I've been on Missoula, but yesterday, what a game this guy coached up yesterday. Miami's been doing this zone. They've been doing this zone all year. Boston hasn't cracked the code. Put Tatum in the high post. Tatum was amazing, especially in that second half, mm-hmm. making every single read. He put Tatum in the middle of it, hit a couple mid-range jumpers. They all collapsed, kicking it out. Perfect reads. And what were they doing? In the first half, it was like, yo, let's crash the offensive boards. And they were crashing the hell out of the offensive glass. Horford hit a couple to stay in it. And Miami made on a run, and they went up nine. And I, that could have been the end because I, the way game three was looking, it was like Boston gave up, right? So yep. the way – when Miami went up nine, it's like, oh, Boston could just give it up right now. But they, they leveled the storm, kept in it, and then in the second half, it was run. Let's get in transition, get Tatum in the middle of the zone, and it just went from there. Their defense was amazing. There, I think there was a possession, three possessions in a row, where Derek White blocks a three, Grant Williams blocks Jimmy's shot, and then Tatum blocks a three. And that is what Boston Celtics basketball is. Finally, your defense is leading to those transition buckets in offense. And that's what Udoka had them as one of the best, as the best defensive team, like in 20 years last year. And they've kind of lost the defensive identity, but it was back yesterday. And that's, that's what they need to play with. I'm happy Grant Williams is getting a lot of minutes and he's playing really well in this series. Um, let's I don't talk, buy it. Let's I talk about that real quick. Actually, wait. Finish your thought, and then let's I don't, talk about no, it. Well, quick. I was right going to go there because I don't buy into that game two stuff at all. Well, <laughs> I, I I actually loved when he did that. To be honest, I mean, it, look, like at at the end of the day, I mean, I, for competition, period, and obviously your team is in this series, so obviously you're biased here. But from from just a basketball fan standpoint, watching this series. That was that was awesome. Like we need more of that in these in these playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't get enough of that one on one trash talk, and it just alters the game like that. I'm not gonna be like, oh, Grant Williams, you idiot! Like why would you do that type thing? No, it was, it was whatever. Like yes, you shouldn't have poked the bear in Jimmy Butler. That was kind of stupid. But for actually trash talking in general, absolutely not. You're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a highly competitive game. The stakes are as high as it gets. Of course, you're gonna take some jabs. Jimmy Butler probably would have been the wrong guy to do that to. But I don't. I don't really blame Grant Williams for you know talking shit in the first place. I think it just made for better competition. And then it. it I just found it funny at the end of the thing, especially when the score bug came up and it was like Miami went on a twenty to nine run <laughs> since Grant Williams started talking trash. I was like, yo, that that took me out. But I found that more funny than actually. Like you said, buying into it. I don't really buy much of it, man. It's it's trash talk. It's the Eastern Conference Finals. You're playing for a spot in the NBA Finals, man. You know, we need we need more of that. And Jimmy Butler took that and was like, yeah, I bet I'm going to go off. Like, it was great, great competition. But Grant Williams has actually been playing decent. Although, 
on the game two, the game two thing. But other than that, he's actually been pretty nice off the bench. Both it. You know, the yeah. other thing too is and he um, was out the rotation in game one. He didn't. Yeah, even play completely. No, oh, yeah, no, completely. I also think. I mean, it, I want your opinion on Robert Williams because I, I thought he had a few games in the series where he actually played really, really well. He did. Um, but let me let me get to the Grant Williams for because the reason I liked it so much was game two, like. It felt like the Celtics and in game three had no heart at all. Mm-hmm. And it was like Grant Williams is the only one being a real competitor here. And it's not like, okay, wow, Jimmy went off at the end of the game. Like, surprise, surprise. That was going to happen regardless if, if Grant Williams talked trash to him or not. It's not like Jimmy Butler needed that to get going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and Grant Williams at the end of the game, he's the only one that was doing anything. He hit a three. He had a lay- two layups. Like, he had, like, seven points towards the end of that game where it's like, yo, can Jalen Brown maybe not turn over the ball every time he touches it? Or can Tatum not travel three times in a row? Like, you know, it was – he was kind of the only one. And I was like, come on. Like, everybody else kind of looked lifeless. So, for Grant Williams to do that – and I can't believe I, some people were, like, actually pinning the loss on him. Oh, Jimmy, you woke Jimmy up. Like, it's – Jimmy's woken up already. Like, let's be real. It's he's He doesn't – play a game without being awake he's awake um but to the robert williams point like i agree i think robert williams has been really good uh, i think grant williams has been their key because Derek white and brogdon have been terrible in this series to be honest and brogdon at the second half of yesterday didn't play a single minute in the second half um he's been super tunnel vision um, and especially like him, Jalen Brown, and I mean, aside from yesterday, Tatum, every time they go to the rim, it's like they're getting the ball stolen, stripped, whatever. Um, so they really need, you know, especially in a zone, right? Like you have the guy at the dunker spot, you have one at the high post, one right kind of like outside the block. And, and Robert Williams is the, per, probably the number one guy you would want in that spot in the entire league at that dunker spot to throw him a lob. And how many times were they doing that? And it kind of looked like it was working. Um, but I agree. He should be in there. Horford finally hitting shots is huge. That is absolutely massive. Um, but I was literally saying yesterday where it's like every single time, and they did this to Jalen Brown last year too. I don't know if you remember, but it was basically like, yo, this guy cannot dribble the ball. And they were jumping. Yes, yes. Right? And I was like, yo, Jalen Brown, like, you know when like Belichick will make a running back hold the football nonstop for a week, like in the shower, everything, like to get yeah. your ball security up. I'm like, Jalen Brown better be doing that. Like he better, I better see that ball glued to him at all points throughout the entire week because his ball security was so bad. Um, and it, he's got to start figuring that out because I still don't think he played that well yesterday. And it was really the Tatum show, um, but he's got to start figuring this out. I think Miami's just has his number, like for real. He has to. I think there was the um, there was that one play in Game Three that I think you tweeted about too, where oh Buddy just did God. not pass it up and then just chucked oh up a three. <laughs> I oh could just with eleven seconds on the shot clock, like he looked this way, looked this way, Bro. and he was like six feet behind the three point line. He's like, okay, nope, the set's not working, and I'm just gonna pull it. He didn't even take a dribble. Didn't even try to go to the rim. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, he's got to figure his stuff out. And um, it's crazy because after that game, yeah, you don't even know where my mind was going because he's in line for the $300 million um, Supermax. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah. he could be gone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, even if I want him to stay, is he worth 300 mil? Like, you know, mm. like it's, yeah, my mind was going all over the place with Jalen. I don't even uh, think, I don't even think that's you. Literally the entire fan base was probably thinking that throughout that game. Um, that, and then he missed two big free throws down the stretch in yesterday's game too. And it was like, bro, yeah, like, he can't make free. He hasn't like, been able to make free. Like throws, you got it. But like you got like, and the second need... one was almost an air ball too. It was yes. so short. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Like you need your stars to step up even in the, of course, in the simplest way possible in making your free throws. We all know we've been saying it since March. We talk about the damn NCAA tournament you, in, in these big games down to the wire. You have to make your free throws. If you don't make your free throws, you're going to lose down the stretch, man. Bottom line, that's the end of story. Like, you cannot do that whatsoever. And Jalen Brown's got to know that. And we'll see what happens in the next, you know, game if there's more. Um, he Even though he hasn't been great hitting, the free, hitting his free throws, he's got to make some of these, man. Has to, especially down the stretch. It's not even like, I mean, for for... Jalen Brown, I'm going to do my little Jalen Brown piece right now, a little bit of it, at least. Because I'm, I'm in a good mood right now, and I don't want to do the whole thing. I'll save that to where if they lose. But half, half of what Jalen Brown has been so bad in this series, one is when you think of Jalen Brown, you think of him as an elite two-way player. His defense yes. has been garbage. Absolutely atrocious in this series. He, at least three, four times a game, he gets caught ball watching or like half helping. And then his guy back cuts him uh, for a layup or an offensive rebound. His boxing out has been awful. So it's more like right now in this series, at least he's been trying to be like a super one dimensional guy scoring the basketball. And he's got more turnovers than assists. He can't box out. His man gets every offensive rebound and his, he lapses on defenses regularly right which are like things that just like like should not happen regardless of who you are let alone a superstar kind of guy super max kind of guy that you want to be um so i i've i've been real frustrated with him but he should he should get it together soon and the way the ball was moving probably opened up some good looks and driving lanes for him the way it was yesterday i think he needs the mask the mask back maybe that'll help yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, bring that back. He's super superstitious with it too, which is weird. So like I don't know. Yeah. No, we'll we'll see what happens, man. I mean, he they're gonna need him. I mean, obvious obviously they're gonna need JT to be JT, the the at least the one, the version of him that showed up at the end in the second half of yesterday's game or game seven JT rather. Um, they're gonna need that, but they need they need some of their other dudes to step up. Like they need a Marcus Smart making shots like he did yesterday. They yeah. need that big time man. He's he's had an up and down playoffs himself. Horford being back to himself, knocking down threes. They need a collective effort, man. It's both these squads, man. It's you know you know your superstars are gonna give it their all, but you need your the rest of your squad to step up in the same way. But ironically, this series it's been like you kind of touched upon it. You know Jimmy's gonna give you. 20, 30 points a game, you know that's going to happen. For JT, he struggled a little bit more in this series, but if he keeps doing what he's been doing in in yesterday's game, Celtics Celtics got a shot, man. But Wait, I'm curious, though. Hold on. You got to explain to me why you picked Miami to win this series. I just like I just momentum, and I like the run, man. Like, I just, the run that they're on, they're playing at such a high level. Boston... 
at times, yes, no question. We all know that they are the better team on paper. But going into this series, Miami just had better momentum. Boston had opportunity. Like, they, they should have knocked out Atlanta in five. They let that slide a little bit. Things got a little dicey yeah. near the end there. Philly, they should have whacked those guys out yeah. in five, six games too. Things yeah. got a little dicey, and it took JT to put on his cape in game seven and take them to the conference finals. And, and, then they dro- and then they drop 0-3 in this series and almost kind of prove my point. So that's kind of where just for momentum reasons, Miami just felt like they were rolling and Boston's like, okay, they should have been rolling, but they're, they're letting these teams stick around and you can't do that very much. That's why I went Miami. This is- but all along, I knew that this series was going to go deep. So when it went 3-0, I was like, whoa, this is like I... Even though I picked them to win, I did not expect this to happen. And if and if Boston comes out tomorrow night and gets Game Five, this very well could end up being like I said. This could very well end up going to Game Seven. So I yeah. kind of went the momentum direction, and also to the point. Yes, these two teams have been in drastically different situations this year. Like last year, it was different. Last year was one versus two. This is two versus eight. Miami hasn't been that great in the regular season, but. This is the third time these guys are playing in the conference finals in the last four years. Like, don't think that these two teams don't know one another in this round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get you. I I think that's what bothers me so much is that Boston is by far, by far the most talented team in this series. Um, And I think I said it, like, way at the start of the playoffs when it was like, the Spolster would scare the hell out of me. But, like, it's a we're probably not going to meet each other. Um, just because Spolster, I knew Spolster would run laps around Missoula. I still thought just talent-wise, because even last year, right, Yudoka, I think, is better than Missoula. But Yudoka struggled a lot, a lot, in this series against Miami and in the Golden State series. And Spolster ran laps around him. But I, at that point, I was just like, you know what? Like, that Boston team didn't have Brogdon. So this is a better Boston team. That Miami team had Tyler Hero. So this is like a less, a worse Miami team. Mm. Um, so like the talent discrepancy that got them to win in seven games, even though last year Boston should have probably won that series in six and not gone down to the last shot in game seven. I was kind of more on that side still. I'm like, the talent is just way too much, even me knowing how good Spolster is. Um, but I think it's just been like he's taken Missoula to school in this one. And then uh, you got some other guys kind of showing up for them, which is just, it just bugs me, man. I hate, I hate when dudes like that go off, but who knows, man, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Exactly. Tomorrow night's going to be huge, man. Huge. And we'll see what, obviously Miami takes care of business series is a wrap, but a Boston wins this game, man. Eesh, this could, this could be this, this could get pretty interesting real quick, but game five tomorrow night at the garden, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, let's move over to the West now, where, of course, this series is a wrap. And for the first time in franchise history, the Denver Nuggets are headed to the NBA Finals, took care of business against the Lakers in very quick fashion. And that's a wrap there. And Denver is headed. They got a long, a nice, long week and a half off until game one of the finals, which would be at home Next Thursday night, I'm happy for Denver, man. Like this is yeah, a we're team... starting with Denver because nobody's giving them no love. Still, oh no, no, absolutely, dude. They're the team that's play. Like we're gonna be talking about Denver for the next we're three weeks, man. 
yeah, we're gonna be talking about for the next three weeks. Who gives a crap about the the Laker drama? That can whatever. We we've had enough time for that. For Jokic, man, this like for him specifically, like I could not be more happier for him. He's accomplished all the MVP stuff. We know that all the statistics. He's breaking records. We know that. But to get to an NBA final. That's a big deal. And we, you and I talked about it every time we talk about the MVPs. We're like, well, what about championships? Especially knowing the last three years in a row, it's been Embiid, Jokic, Embiid, Jokic, and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, neither of these dudes have made an NBA Finals, let alone a conference championship. Well, Jokic went to one, and I was in the bubble, and they got faded. And I faded real quickly. Now, he's like, finally, right? When it came down to the MVP and Embiid won, Jokic came out and said, I got bigger fish to fry, and they have taken care of business. And speaking of role players, Jamal Murray's looking a whole lot more like bubble Jamal Murray. And I've been saying it from the get-go. They need this dude healthy, and he's finally cooking. That's helping. Not all the pressure's on Jokic anymore. Aaron Gordon's balling out. KCP's giving you minutes. Bruce Brown's giving you minutes. They got a lot of different dudes that are stepping up in big-time moments. And, of course, for, for Mike Malone, Big time for him, man, to finally get this breakthrough into the NBA Finals. Really happy for Denver, man. I knew it. I said it. At the, I picked them to be the one seed at the beginning of the year. I knew it. They've been due for a run. They needed a breakthrough, and it finally happened. Yeah, I mean, you got, I, this is a real feel-good story. Um, I'm start with Jokic. I, didn't, I mean, Jokic is – I love that dude, and I, I'm happy that uh, everybody – that's watching these games is finally realizing that this dude's the best player in the league. Like he can get, he gets a triple double every game and he's not, I guarantee you has no idea what his stats are. He, he could be like, if he wanted to, he could be getting 30, 20 and 20 if he tried to get the stats. Um, but he's just getting the stats and the flow of the game. Sick. And then yesterday they win the Western conference or two days ago, they win the Western conference you know, MVP and whatever, and he's like, yo, what does this mean to you? He's like, nothing. Like, he just doesn't care. He just wants to win the championship, and then that's all that matters. The Jamal Murray piece, though, I got to say, I am surprised. I didn't think he was going to be playing this well. Like, this, like the, I thought the bubble was like an anomaly. I didn't think he had this in him to do it again. Um, but then he did it a couple times. I think what, what game was it? Game two, where the Lakers needed to win that game. And he game three. Over. Game three, he had like 30 in the first half or something. No, no. Game two at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Game two at the end of the game where it was like the Lakers needed to win that one. Um, I felt like all the momentum the Lakers had. The Lakers really were up like I think seven or something. Yep. yep. And then Jamal Murray just kind of snatched Popped that up. one. Yep. He like he really stole that game. And then in game three, he had 30 in the first half. And that was the game where all the calls went the Lakers way. You know, they're trying to extend the series, whatever. And the way Denver played in that game, even in game four, the Lakers were up 15. Denver could have been like, you know what? Cool, we'll finish it at home, 4-1. But they're like, no, let's finish this now. And it's like every single one of those wins were super impressive. Very impressive, man. I'm not surprised about Jamal Murray at all. At all. He just needed to get healthy. And now we know that. When someone goes and has a season-ending injury like he did, it's like, well, when they come back, what are they going to be like when they come back? But Jamal Murray has come back, and he's been just amazing. And I'm with you. Like, I didn't – I knew he just needed to be healthy, and I and I knew he had it in him. But 
it's I didn't actually think that it would actually happen. So now the fact that it actually happened, it's like, damn, like I, I love this. I love the fact that Jamal Murray is finally healthy in the postseason and he's doing what he did and what we thought he would have done a year or two ago, but he just was never healthy. Denver just was never healthy. And now they're finally healthy at the right time. Everything's clicking and they have found their way into June basketball, man. It, it is a great feel good story, but at the end of the day, they were the one seed in the West for a reason. They've been a top team in the West for the last four or five years. Well, not for three, four years, but at the same time, it's like, Denver has consistently been a great team. And like I just said a few minutes ago, they just needed that breakthrough. They remind me a lot of Milwaukee. Milwaukee was kind of the same thing. They were consistently a good team in the East. They just needed that breakthrough run. And then they finally got that breakthrough run. It is very similar. The Milwaukee and Denver run is very... Milwaukee, that was their first championship appearance in what? Like 46, 47 50, years? Yeah. Right? 50-something years. It's been a, t- been a minute. For Denver, same thing, right? It's been 47 or 57, whatever the hell it's been, years, and they've never been to an NBA Finals. Now they're finally in it. Milwaukee had a generational player in Giannis, still is. Denver, Nikola Jokic. Very similar runs, but Denver, we got to appreciate I know everyone's talking crap about like, oh, the, because Denver's in the Finals, like it's not going to draw as many ratings. Look, if you like basketball... You will watch this damn series, man. Denver, and I love what you said. I'm going to touch one more upon uh, your Jokic point. He absolutely is the best player in the NBA. Without a doubt, he's the best big man in the NBA. That's not even a question. He plays He plays the way you're supposed to when you're a big man. He can play. Here's the thing about Jokic. He can play in the post. He can knock down a three. He can knock down a mid-range. That Talk one, about two of those shots he hit. The one I was on just LeBron about the, the one AD. foot, right? Yeah, the one he foot three. twice. That was Dagger. that was that, that I literally said that as soon as that happened, I was like, yo, that dude just like stole the soul from the Lakers in that one shot. Like that was that hundred percent was a I'm sticking the dagger in the heart to you right now, and it's a wrap. That three was disgusting. Jokic can do so many different things, and it's like you can't you don't see a big man move like that. You know what I'm saying? And the way you said it too, were like it just he lets the game kind of come to him and it just flows. That's how he does it. And that's how you're supposed to play basketball, man. It's supposed to just flow with it. Jokic is just, he's fun to watch. Denver's fun to watch. And like, if you love the game of basketball, who gives a crap about like, oh, if the Lakers were in it, like LeBron and this, forget it, man. Jokic has been MVP two times, man. Denver's been in the mix. They're a fun team to watch. If you're, if you're a real basketball fan, you're going to watch the finals, man. Yeah, no, I got a couple things here where it's like, one, coming into this series, a lot of people thought Anthony Davis was going to be able to neutralize him. And in the first game, it was a really good battle, I think. Yes. He might have had four, 80 at 40 in a double-double. Jokic had like 34, 17, and 17 or something like that. Um, but then as the series goes on, you can tell because we know Anthony Davis is super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But as that kind of defensive anchor, and you're still letting Jokic get 30 a game, Jokic dominating him on the rebounds. And then in the second game, Actually, in the first two games, in the altitude, you know these guys are old. They're coming off a longer series than you. Jokic is grabbing the ball. We don't think of Jokic as being in shape. He's grabbing the ball, and he's pushing it himself, and he's running these guys. You saw how exhausted LeBron was at the end of this series. Like, these guys are, like, you know, they're not ready or as fit as um, as Denver was. Um, going back to your, your point, though, I want to say this, though, like, Jokic, like last couple years, 
Um, he had no nobody around him when Jamal Murray hurt. Michael Porter Jr. missed a year, right? And I was saying, like, last year, you know who his starting two guards were? Last year? No. Yeah, it was Austin Rivers and Composo were his starting yes. guards. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. And, like, he's still bringing these two teams into the playoffs, like, the last couple of years. So, really, to me, it was more like Jamal Murray being healthy. It's like, wow. The last time Jamal Murray was healthy, these guys were in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Jokic kind of took a step up from then. So, I was like, if Jamal Murray stayed healthy for the two years um, before this year, who knows what could happen. That's they what have already, I was saying, man. That's they what I've been saying. Championship. Right. I don't know about winning a championship, but definitely have gotten to an NBA Finals. I really think so. That's what I've been saying, man. They just needed to be healthy. They also got, I mean, Bruce Brown, I feel like, was a steal in free agency. Mm-hmm. Caldwell Pope is hooping his behind off, and the Lakers just let him go. Right. The Michael Porter Jr. piece is really cool, too, because, right, we know he's been injured. We know what kind of scorer he is, yeah. But he was basically unplayable in the playoffs at one point, like uh, last time he was healthy because he could not defend. He wouldn't rebound, and at six ten, that athletic, athletic, he was a liability on defense. He would take bad shots. He wouldn't pass the ball. Now it's like, okay, we're gonna let you take, you know, some of those shots. But you got to play D, you got to rebound, you got to use your frame and athleticism to play some team ball. I think to me, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, the Bruce Brown and the KCP stuff and Aaron Gordon stuff is, is special. But to me, the Michael Porter Jr. thing, I don't think, like, I think that might be their most important thing, him buying into this. Yeah, no, I agree. Michael Porter Jr. is a big piece of this team as well. Um, and he's he's been playing good ball. Like just everybody collectively has been playing great basketball. Honestly, for Jokic to make Aaron Gordon look like Aaron, right like this like that is just like honestly like even last year Aaron Gordon was the second best guy. Like that that alone should make you the MVP. You're making Agreed. this dude look this good. Aaron Gordon was not. Aaron Gordon was like maybe a. a a three or a four like best player on your team before that. Like he was never looked at He was just looked at as the dude that, that won the dunk contest. Like he wasn't a dude that would consistently like give you 15, 20. Now Aaron, Aaron Gordon is a legitimate threat on this Nuggets team. Now it is very impressive. Yeah. I mean, even like, but the, then you throw in Mike Malone, we know he's been like, has all the experience in the world, but he benched uh, Aaron Gordon. At, at, the, at the end of the game the other day, uh, in game three. Like, he doesn't care. Michael Malone's a tough dude. You're not playing well? All right, sit your behind on the bench. Game four, Aaron Gordon comes, plays a lot better. But they, where they can do that. So, I think it's like, from Michael Malone, he's a tough guy. From there, all the way down to the end of the bench, you look at Bruce Brown, you look at KCP, you look at all these guys, it's like, they don't care, man. They just—they're just trying to win. They don't care what their stats are. They don't care how many shots they get. None of that stuff. No, they don't, and that's what makes them a great team. And I think that's the most important thing for Denver. Again, they play great as a team. They play unselfish basketball, which is a big thing. And we'll see what happens, man. They got a lot of time to rest before the NBA Finals, so we'll see what happens then. All right, let's let's kind of—I guess we kind of have to just touch upon this. Uh, 
the Lakers side of things here. I mean, it, it was a, it was an impressive run yeah. in itself yeah. at first. I mean, we we got to give them that as a seven seed. I mean, it was it was a season that was kind of lost at times, and yet they found their way into the Western Conference Finals. I'll give them that, but they fought hard in this series. Game one, they fought hard. Game two, they were in. It. Even mm-hmm. game three, like throughout every throughout game, the whole, they were yeah. yeah, they were they were in it. But game four was pretty like, you know, they they needed more out of somebody to put that kind of load on LeBron's shoulders. Like I know he's LeBron, and I know that you can count on him to do that. But at his age right now. For him to go out and play the absolute game of his life, but he just turned back the clock, and yet nobody else really stepped up. That to me is kind of what I look at. Where I'm like, is this Lakers team really ready to win a championship right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, if LeBron is willing to go out there and do that, you know they need they need more. Yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page. We know LeBron can't be their best player. No, like not anymore. You like he? I didn't think he had a great series, to be honest with you. I thought, honestly, Austin Reeves. I mean, besides Game Four, was like their best player, and I thought everything should have been run through him. Austin Reeves was really every single fourth quarter. He's the only one that looked like he had energy in every single one of those games. The two games in Denver, LeBron and Anthony Davis looked completely gassed. Um, even in you know Game Four, LeBron. I mean, like that's when LeBron scored twenty in the first and 30, 31 in the second in the first half. I was like, bro, he's not even going to score forty. He's going to get way too gassed. And he was a real non-factor in that second half because, I mean, well, like it's not a knock. Like, yo, you're thirty-eight. You can't be playing forty-eight minutes and doing everything else, right? Like, you got this. Is when we're talking, like, oh, AD, like, come on now, like, now is your time to take over. This guy carried you through the first half. Now you take over for the second half. But um, it's going to be interesting because Asa Reeves might get paid this offseason. And if I'm the Lakers, I'm doing everything I can to keep that guy. Yeah, he was awesome. Austin Reeves was was terrific this postseason. I'm, I'm kind of looking at AD in, in game four specifically. I know he had 21 points, and I think at times he played really well. But then at times it was like, this is not – Great. And I think you you highlighted this a few weeks back where when we're talking about the Lakers and you're like, LeBron is just waiting to pass the torch to Anthony Davis to make this his team. This game four was a prime opportunity for him to do that. I don't think 21 points is enough in a winner go home scenario. And especially when LeBron is out there playing the game of his life. LeBron looked like he was 2016 LeBron out there in that game. 40 points, like, and you can tell, Buddy was gassed. He left it all out there, and that is why he went away from that game. And he's like, what the heck, man? I just went out and dropped 40 and played the game of my life, and yet we still lost and got swept. AD needs to be better. The rest of the role players need to be a little bit better. They were great throughout the postseason. But you cannot possibly tell me that Darvin Ham really resorted to Tristan Thompson, who they picked up off the street, and giving him minutes, meaningful minutes, in a do-or-die game in the Western Conference Finals. Man, I know the Lakers made moves, and some of these role players were terrific throughout the postseason. Lonnie Walker, D'Lo, Rui, Reeves. Yes, Vanderbilt. 
they like the Lakers did get here for a reason, and those guys had their big time moments, but they knew it. And LeBron literally said this when they beat the Warriors. Like, if we do not come to play every single game, we are going to get run out the gym every single game. And that's and that's what happened. And they stuck with them. Denver was just a better team, man. But it just outlasted them. Yeah, but I understand what LeBron is kind of looking at his future and being like, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just went and gave him my own and we got swept. I don't think it's LeBron. It's the rest of this Lakers team. You know what I'm saying? They're a young squad. They've now been to a West Finals, but are they really ready? Are they really ready to take that jump? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, uh, I thought uh, I thought Hachimura was actually really good in this series as well. Um, and I thought, honestly, Darwin Ham, first-year coach, was amazing in this playoffs. He was really good. Um, just in and out with all of these rotation guys. Um you know, mixing up the coverages on Jamal Murray. I thought he was really good. Uh, As you look now, and it's like, I don't know if, I mean, like, let's start here. Are you buying these LeBron rumors? No. He'll be back next year. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think he'll be back with the Lakers again, but, like. He's got two years on his contract. He'll be back. He'll be back. I think he's going to finish out the contract. Um, And we know he's going to buy, you know, when the the league expands in a couple years. He's going to be buying Vegas, and I think that's going to line up to right when his contract is done in the Lakers, and he's going to retire, and he's going to go to an ownership right away. That's my call. Probably. Probably. Um, I kind of look at these rumors as an Aaron Rodgers situation. You know, Rodgers had a lot of expectations with Green Bay, and they would consistently get bounced in the playoffs, and of course, we would leave that offseason with. Aaron Rodgers is contemplating retirement. Aaron Rodgers, where's he going to go? But we've never seen this with LeBron, though. No, we haven't. But LeBron, like, I don't, I am not surprised at all with the comments after. Because when you are 38 years old, you have given it your all. You know you're not the same dude physically that you that you used to be. And you know that you are playing with a shot to go to the NBA Finals and put your heart and your soul on the court and drop 40 points in a game. Like LeBron, that was a vintage performance the other night. But he needed help. And when you go out and you are 38 years old and you're putting your body on the line in a do-or-die game and you come up short and you get swept, I do not blame LeBron for walking away from that game and being like, like I'm, I'm flipping exhausted right now. You know what I'm saying? Like He looked gassed. He seemed gassed. And he's like, I, I got to take a minute, reflect here see what we can do going forward and see what our options are. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's still got something in him, but he's going to need to have this conversation with the Lakers, with the Lakers ownership and being like, where's the direction of this team going? Because we have enough to, to get there, but is this team ready to get there? And I, and I'm going to just touch upon your Darvin Ham comment real quick. I thought he did not just the postseason. I thought all year he did a great job considering their ugly start to the year. For him to keep this team playing at a competitive level throughout the season and staying the course when things were not looking pretty at all. Like things at times things were looking like a one and done for him. And yet he stayed the course and ended up in the Western Conference Finals in a Lakers organization that, you know, they got a fan base in the media that is pretty hard. And for him to do that this season, I was quite impressed. I think he deserves a lot of credit, not just for the postseason, but the entire season as well. 
Yeah, yeah, and no, I agree. I think um, uh, two things that probably got LeBron thinking was like, yo, like, I'm tired, you know? Like, LeBron's yes. never tired. He's like, wow, I'm tired. Like, That's what I'm saying. I, I, I could win this game by myself before. Um, but now I got to start relying can't on anymore. the dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing, which we should talk about towards the end of this, is his boy Melo just retired. And mm-hmm. now he's like, you know, that's the same draft class, 2003. He looks around. No, I mean, Melo hasn't been in the league in like a year now, two years. But like to uh, officially announce, hey, yo, I'm retired. Now he's like, okay, my whole gang, Dwayne Wade, Le- you know, Melo, the banana Bosch, boat crew. Dwayne, uh, Chris Bosch, all these guys are all gone. They're living their lives. Um, I'm about to watch my son at USC next year. He might be one and done. It's like, a di- he's like, yo, this might be a different chapter. So I, I don't know if I, I don't think he will retire, but, you know, I, I believe he's considering it for sure. No question. Of course he's considering it. And that's what I'm saying. And I think you and I are both thinking the same thought process here. It's like he walked away from that game and he's like, holy shit, like, I'm, I'm exhausted right now. Like, I got to take a minute yeah. and really think about my career right now, right? Like, you can tell LeBron, he's not, he's not the same LeBron James that he used to be. I think you said it perfectly. LeBron, with that kind of performance, his team usually wins the game. Nine out of ten times they win a game. But him like this now, you can tell. LeBron's not himself. We saw it even in the, in the Memphis series, the very beginning of the playoffs, where like, yeah. right, where we're like, yo, I, it's weird. The Lakers are up right now, but LeBron hasn't really done anything. Like, what's going on here? LeBron's just not who he used to be. And the fact that he still turned back the clock and dropped 40 the other night is still freaking impressive. He can still do it, but he needs help. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, for the Lakers, I mean, we're here in. Kyrie, obviously, we're here in the Trey Youngs. I, I wouldn't want to go down that route, but like the idea is there. You need another scorer. D'Lo is. I'm not taking D'Lo back. I need another dude to carry the load offensively um, from a point guard position. That that's where I would be. Try and maybe make a move for Dame. Um, I would stay yes. away from the Trey yes. Young. I do not want that guy. I would stay away. From Kyrie, although you know LeBron might be able to knock some sense into that guy, but that—that's yeah. what you need. You need another dude because who knows how AD's feeling that day? He, you know, he's on and off. LeBron isn't going to do it every night. You need another dude there. Yep. No, I agree. I I think Dame would be awesome. Um, I agree with staying away from Trey and Kyrie. I feel like. Kyrie high-key wants to be a Laker, and I think LeBron wants him to be a Laker too. Maybe LeBron is the only guy who could save Kyrie at this point. I have no idea. Um, I personally would stay away from those two, but we'll see what happens. I think if anything's likely, Kyrie being a Laker seems probably the most likely to happen, but we'll see what happens there. Um, But yeah, they, they gotta, if the Lakers want to, they got two options here. One, blow it up. But I don't think they're going to go that rope because they're like, well, shit, we did get to the Western Conference Finals. You know what I'm saying? We have something here. So if you want to go that route and stay competitive, to your point, they need another star. Because clearly AD is not enough right now. You need a third star in there. So we'll see. We'll see the route that the Lakers go on. But if that's the route they're going to go on, and it obviously starts with LeBron and what he wants to do. Because without LeBron, 
they get, you know, things aren't going to go well for them. But if, if LeBron comes back another year with the Lakers, then it's okay. What do we got to do to add one more piece to make sure we're back where we were this season with an actual shot to compete? Because like we both just said, it's not like, the, yes, they got swept, but it's not like they got their ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Every single game was a close game. It was just Denver was just too good, and the Lakers were just lacking something. You know what I'm saying? Just that last missing piece. They had enough to compete and fight, but they didn't have enough to win. So they got to try and figure that out first. But we'll see what happened. Definitely a a salvaged season for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that's the best way to put it. Because things could have got out of control very quickly with that team. They found a way to turn it around, and they salvaged it. And the Lakers are not screwed going forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have something to work with here. Starts with Braun. And we'll see what they go going forward. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I mean, we'll see what happens. But they, they, exactly under that kind of pressure, this thing could have went went way different if it, 100%. Fit, you know, you know, yeah. fit the bill earlier. Exactly. All right, let's wrap this up real quick with the lottery. Um, so the San Antonio Spurs end up with the number one pick. I'm fairly yes, happy. With, I'm fairly happy with this. I've I think been a waiting lot of- for that all year. I think a lot of people are happy with this. Um, I'll get your take real quick, and then I'll give mine, and we'll wrap it up. All right. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I've, I think I said this, I've said this from the jump. Like, for Wemby to be there, it's amazing. I'm already hearing Pop went flew down to see him. I'm hearing Duncan, Ginobili, and Tony Parker are all trying to mentor him. Apparently, Tony Parker actually owned the French team that Wemby had played for, so they're already close. Mm. And now you got Ginobili and Duncan going to be in his year. Um, I can't wait for this. This is the best case scenario for me. Charlotte, whatever. And I could kick rocks and same with Houston. This is this is perfect. I've been saying it for pretty definitely all year this year. I've been saying it for really the last few years now that the Spurs have been on a downward trend over the past handful of years. And I'm like, why the hell is Pop still sticking around for? Like, this dude has done it all. He's done everything at this point. Dude will go down as one of the best coaches to, you know, to coach the game of basketball, definitely in the NBA history. But, like, why? Like, like why? Why are you still sticking around? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Buddy's got a shot to land a generational talent. Why not add one more thing to my bucket list here? So the fact that Pop is still sticking around at the age that he is, which he has absolute no business whatsoever sticking around. Dude could have retired. If he wanted to. And now you land a generational talent in Victor Wembanyama. I think is it, it's, it literally is a perfect landing spot. And for Wemby himself to get a chance to get coached by one of the best coaches there is in the game. Awesome. I love it for the Spurs. I don't care what people are saying. Oh, the Spurs got so lucky with Duncan and part blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's been years since, since Tim Duncan. Like, give me a break. The Spurs have had a few years of being garbage. And... It's not like just because they got Wemby, they're going to be an elite team next year. Like, no, they still got to develop. But to have that generational talent in San Antonio, now you got your building block to build going forward. And they got a boatload of picks over the next two years from the DeJounte Murray trade, the Pirtle trade, the Derek White trade. So they got a bunch of picks coming in too. Um, Well, I mean, some solid players there already. Um, I, I can't wait. I love it. I love every part about it. 
Yeah, I, I love it too. And I'm happy for the Spurs. I'm happy for Pop. Happy for Wemby. I think it's a great spot for him. Like you said, I think Charlotte just would have been disastrous. Houston would have been disastrous. Really any of these teams. I feel like Detroit always has like a top pick and they haven't really been able to do anything with it. Same with Orlando. The fact that the Spurs ended up getting it, I feel like is a nice spot for him. So we'll see how that goes. All right, let's wrap this thing up here. B, final thoughts ahead of game five tomorrow night. Hey, don't let us get two. Don't let us get two. Um, but no, I wanted to say this because um, we were we were in Miami, and I was like, "Yo, if Miami, you know, the University of Miami, Florida Atlantic, both make Final Fours. The Florida Panthers mm-hmm. go on their crazy run, and now the Miami Heat are also a game away from the conference finals. Or sorry, away from the final. Um, so there's something in the water down there in Miami because." Uh, that's crazy. Like four teams already going that far. That's like, that doesn't make any sense. None of these teams are even like, you know, I mean, it's crazy to me. They're not. FAU was a nine yeah. seed. The Panthers are an eight seed. The Heat are an eight seed. Maybe it's just an eight or nine seed thing. I have no idea, but yeah, no, that's a, That's definitely a good call, man. Yeah. This is something going down in South beach, man. I don't know. I don't know what's in the water there, but anyways, That'll do it for this episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And next Tuesday night, we will get to preview the NBA Finals. Who will the Denver Nuggets meet? Will these Boston Celtics make history? Or will it be Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat heading back to the NBA Finals for the first time in two years? Well, we'll see y'all next week. We'll see how the Celtics Heat series goes, and we'll see what kind of version of B we'll get next week, <laughs> either in a happy mood or a sad mood. Every, hope you all enjoy the rest of this series, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way, and don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.